Well, hunting this weekend? You were? Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I want to read to you. This is what Apostle Mike gave to us. August 28th, and we need to go back and remind ourselves of the prophetic word. It says, this is what I'm waiting for, says the Lord. All around the world, I'm waiting for my people to shout the victory because I am more than able. My exceedingly abundantly. My spirit hovers as he hovered on the day of recreation in the book of Genesis. My spirit was hovering over the face of the deep, waiting for the words to be spoken. And when I spoke those words, he took those words and used them to recreate everything you stand on, that you see and that you exhibit and explore and are part of on planet Earth and the universe which you are part of. Today I'm telling you that my spirit is hovering over you, hovering over your family, hovering over your marriage, hovering over your finances, hovering over your body physically, and I'm waiting for your words. I'm waiting for your words to enable me and empower me and authorize me to do great things that only I can do for you. So get comfortable shouting the shouts of faith. Let your neighbors hear what you have to say. Let the people at work hear what you have to say. Shout the shouts of victory. This church will be heard far and wide, near and far. Will they know that Harvest Church is serious about serving me? And as as I as you go forth from this place, recognize and understand your words are heard and I will come because of your words this day and every day, says the Lord. Amen. Amen.
that down in you.
days ahead in the name of Jesus we declare and decree mighty mighty healings in the name of Jesus we declare and decree spiritual breakthrough we declare and decree revival in our communities in the name of Jesus we declare and decree your kingdom come and your will be done in the name of Jesus. And all God's people shout it. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Miracles in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm going to see miracles in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our new devotionals will come in. These are for December, January, and February. They cost us $3 a piece. If you're able to help us with that, we appreciate it. You can just put it in the offering or whatever. If not, they're a wonderful resource to take and give out 
to people to bless them. And so we have some left from the last session you can take, or these will be out front. The last week or so in the current devotion, it talked a lot about, there were several days and it talked about meditation of the word of God. And that is so important. I read, it was so good. It talks about worldly meditation wants to empty your mind. And that's dangerous because then it's like empty, swept, and clean, and whatever else can come in. But when you meditate the word of God, you want to fill your mind and your heart with the word of God. And so one thing we were implementing, doing different, is we, if you got one of these when you came in, we're going to start doing these, maybe not every Sunday, most every Sunday. And what they are, we're going to try to do is give you something to follow with what the service is about and the message. And it will give you so many times you read off a scripture and you don't catch it or you're sitting there looking for it. So we'll try to have those listed. And then that's a good thing to go back and meditate during the week. So we would encourage that. We'll work on that in the next few weeks to continue with that. Also, I want to thank you. A couple quick announcements. Found my announcement sheet. We want to thank everyone so much for doing their part in the local election. I believe we had great success locally and statewide. We elected three conservatives to our local school board, which was a big victory. We elected three conservatives to our state school board, which was a big victory. So... That is, that's great. And you know, everybody just did their part and we appreciate it. If, even if your part was just getting out to vote, we appreciate that. So what we're going to do on Monday night, there is still an open seat on the Norfolk school board for the resignation that came in a month ago. And they're going to interview the people that have applied for that. So if you're interested, the more people I think we can get there, it would be helpful to make some influence. And that's at 5.30 on Monday evening. Tuesday evening out here is um, we're going to have a covered dish dinner. And this is for people that has been involved in Patriots United, would like to be involved in Patriots United. Uh, convention estates, they're going to start kicking off some things with that. So that's at 5.30, covered dish. And if you have election signs, you can bring those, but I think you can still keep your Zach Steiner signs because that's up for recount, so stay in faith on that. Okay? Wednesday night, 6.15 prayer, and at 7 o'clock teaching, Micah, well, this will be his last week for now, uh, he will be teaching on praying in tongues. <laughs> On the infilling of the Holy Spirit, this indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the praying in the Spirit. So that will be this Wednesday. And then next Sunday, we will have our Thanksgiving and communion service at a regular time. So if you have your offering this morning, your tithes and offerings, we'll go ahead and receive those. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get those for you. I won't teach any on that. We will just receive that. And again, we just want to thank you all so much. But there's still a lot of work to do, spiritually and in the natural.
is healing, there is freedom, there is power in your name. There is healing, there is freedom, there is power in your name. Amen. Look in your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 3. Monday morning, as I <laughs> began to climb the stairs, I hadn't taken the first step. The word of the Lord came on to me. But you're not getting that word today. I believe that's for the first of the year, and it'll be good. But I do want to continue. I, you know, I thought about it, and then I thought, no, it's... There's there's a time and, and a season for that, and, and uh, I've got to study that out. But in Ephesians 3, we've started this, and I want to go the next few weeks. How big is your God? How big is your God? Is He big? My God's big. Amen. And uh, I want to build that into you in the days ahead. As we start out this new year, let's believe God for big things. Let's dream big. Let's pray big. Let's ask big. Amen? Because he's for us, is he not? And if God be for us, who can be against us? I want to read to you our scripture in Ephesians chapter 3. and verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. If you do not know the power in you, you will not be able to believe big, dream big, ask big, pray big. You have to know the Holy Ghost on the inside of you because he's big. Amen. We said our purpose as Christians, we must believe that our God can and is willing to exceed our highest expectations. Sad to say, because of an attitude of indifference and a lack of understanding of the power that works in us, we limit God by not asking big or thinking big. If the church is going to minister effectively to the harvest of souls that's coming, we must personally and corporately adopt and exercise a kingdom mindset. Say kingdom mindset. What is that kingdom mindset? It's a kingdom mindset of growth and expansion. This mindset will believe big, dream big, pray big, and ask big. And if we do this at Harvest Church, what will happen? Big thing. Amen. So, you know, I want you to start, you know, the rest of this year and going into next year, you've got to start thinking bigger. I've got to start thinking bigger. Now, we're going to look at four men. Today, we're going to look at number one. In the next four weeks, we're going to take for each man. And the first one knew how to believe big, or he was taught how to believe big, and his name was Abraham. Amen. I want you to look in Genesis chapter 15. And we're going to look at some keys here. There's three there on your sheet, but I, if we got time, I might give you four. 
Keys to believing big. Keys to believing, believing big. Look at Genesis 15. We're going to stay there a while and look at this because he is truly our, he's the father of our faith. And we can learn so much from him. The only, the only thing that, you know, Abraham had an understanding, and, and we shouldn't say it like this because we as born-again believers should understand covenant. But Middle, East, Middle Eastern people back then in ancient times understood covenant. Whereas, you know, today the average individual doesn't understand covenant. I'm getting off on another tangent. But he understood covenant. And that was, that's another key altogether. You could go on and on about that. But I want to look at something here. Some things that, that are keys to believe, believing big. Say believing big. Genesis chapter 15. I want to begin with verse 1. It says, after these things. Say after these things. You know, I read that through the years and I thought, then I finally figured out, well, maybe I should find out what those things were. So you read the preceding verses and you'll find out that Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. So after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. So if you're obedient at point A, he'll let you go to point B. But if you're not obedient at point A and doing what God's called you to do, the word of the Lord will not come unto you. You have to obey God. Little things start every day when he tells you to do something. Immediately obey God. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Now, this one I want you to see, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then, Now, l- listen, verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward what? Heaven, and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to them, so shall your descendants be. Now, is that big? Is that, you know, and God, we'll go back here a few other chapters and we'll see where God begins to tell Abram some things. And it's building in him that faith in his God. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Now look at verse 6. And he, what? Believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, I look at that, and if you want to really understand the New Testament revelation of that verse in the Old Testament, look at Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart, man believes Unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is the Old Testament parallel to that. He believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. The Amplified says, and he, Abram, believed in, 
trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord. Say remain steadfast. Could you say that means also he remained faithful? See, if, if you're not faithful in small things, you'll not be made ruler over many things. You want a word from God? You want some things to happen in your life? Well, then you've got to continue to be faithful even though you don't see God moving. How long have we been in Norfolk, Nebraska? Since 1983. I'm still here. Some of you are still here. Have we seen the things that God has promised us through the years? And some of those prophetic words. No, we haven't seen it yet, but we're still faithful. We're still waiting. We're still serving. Amen? Now, this is the first one. Everyone say this with me. Believing requires silence. And this is interesting. And you'll look at this. And after Jehovah told Abram, and he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Abram's response to God's promise was not a rebuttal. He didn't say, no way, Lord, that's impossible. I'm not worthy. Is that in there? What's in there between verse 5, so shall your descendants be, a conjunction, and... And he what? Believed. Believing requires silence. Abraham didn't give a rebuttal. But what he did give was a silent submission, a resignation of belief. Look at Genesis 12. Some of... If if you're going to be in my group... (laughs) some of us have a hard time being silent. Do you want me to have you raise hands if you're in my group? PJ and I were just talking before service just because of our personalities. I can talk with the best of them. I can go up to total strangers and talk to them. used to embarrass the boys. Dad, what, what are you talking to? Mike, you're another one. We talked about that the other night. You can talk to anybody. Could you? Can the wife say, yeah, he can, yeah. We just have that gift. The gift of gab. But sometimes that can get us in trouble. Amen? Look at Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, is that a big word? Is that a big... Perf- if you got a word like that, wow. Well, what's verse 4? So Abram responded, I'm not ready to leave home. I don't even have a map, Lord. That would be me. They'd make fun of me because if I'm going somewhere, I want to know where I'm going and I want to know how I'm going to get there. I want to know every detail along the way. 
I want to know what bathroom is going to be there between A and B. So I can, right? We want, what are you shaking your head like this for? But not Abram. Uh-uh. It's just, so Abram departed. He didn't, he didn't doubt God's word. Look at Genesis 13. Genesis 13 and verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, so the Lord spoke to him after he got rid of the dead weight. Lot shouldn't even have been with him from the beginning. Because Abram was told to leave his family behind. Was he not? Was he obedient? No. Uh Uh-uh. There are some things, and that's what you've got to understand when it comes to faith. We beat, beat ourselves up because we don't think our faith is big enough or good enough. You're, Abraham had character flaws, folks. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. You can look through how he was deceitful and what he used to do. Amen? Even Isaac. But were they still? How's he known today as the one that was deceitful? He was the father of faith. So don't beat yourself up because maybe you've got some character flaws. Maybe there's some areas in your life you haven't arrived yet. So what? Stay faithful and keep doing what you're supposed to do. Amen? Amen. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see I give you and your descendants forever. That's what I want to hear. I want to go outside out in the country and say, the Lord speaks to me. I'm giving you all this hunting ground. From the north. Josh, are you with me on this? North, south, east, and west. And I say, nothing. I'm silent. I just get my gun and go. And I will make your descendants, now listen to this, this is big, believe in big, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, (laughs) so that if a man could number the dust of the earth and your descendants could be numbered. Do you see what he's doing just progressively building in Abraham, building up his faith and how big his God is and what he can do? He says, your descendants also could be numbered. Rise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I will give it to you. Abraham said, is that going to be today? Will you do it tomorrow? No, all he did was, then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt. See, you got to see this. Abraham kept his mouth shut. If you're believing God for something big, keep your mouth shut. Look at your neighbor and say, Keep your mouth shut. Amen. Now, here's the big one. Genesis 22. And you all know this very well. Genesis 22, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, What did he say? Here I am. Is that a servant? Oh, I'll say so. Then he said, Take your... Now your son, your only son Isaac. How long do you have to wait for that, son? (laughs) Whom you love, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Well, that's pretty good there, but read on. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Whoa. 
Now there's, there's something Abraham could have just rose up and he could have said something like, you've got to be kidding, Lord. I've waited how many years for this son and now you're... Do you see? Did he do that? Uh-uh. He did not do that. What did he do? Silent submission. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Was this man born again? Are you confused? He was not born again. He was under the old covenant. But look how he obeyed. How much more we're under a new covenant, recreated, you know, creatures in Christ Jesus. And we struggle when God tells us to go serve here or do this or do that. We want to complain. Instant rebuttal. No silent submission. Oh, I, I, I don't have time for that. I've been doing that for how many years? Val is a perfect example of someone that serves in silent submission. God bless the woman. Back there working with your kids. Organizing, making sure somebody's working there. She doesn't complain. Only at home when she's with Brian. Because, you know, Brian will bring that out. Right, Brian? I, I do that too, Brian. So we're in the same boat, you know. But what a servant. Silent submission. But that was Abraham. Look at, look at uh, Mark chapter 5. I got to go. Or am I, if, I don't, if I don't get it all done, that's fine. I always got too much. Mark 5, New Testament. I, I love this story. Verse 21. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, and she may be healed. Boy, that's faith, isn't it? And she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, I'm going to stop there. You know there was a woman with the issue of blood that interrupted this whole thing. Now, turn the page. Verse 32, and it says, He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, how would you feel if you were that father who had a daughter dying and some old gal came out and wanted her healing? We'd find out if you truly were walking in love, wouldn't we? Because if you're a father or a mother, you're desperate, you want your child healed and made whole and saved. And while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter's dead. Whoa. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now look at verse 36. As soon as Jesus, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe there is no place here that that where there's a reply from the ruler 
Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, saw the tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why this, make this commotion and weep? The child's not dead but sleeping, and you know the rest of the story. Now listen to this. This is just very simplistic. Fear speaks. Fear screams. Faith is silent. Fear screams. Remember when they were out in the boat? Jesus is walking on the water. Oh, it's a ghost. What's the natural inclination for most believers when they have a situation and they're standing in faith for something and then the contrary circumstances occur? We want to open our mouth and scream, or complain, or let there be doubt and unbelief roll from our mouth. Fear screams. Fear makes a commotion. But faith, just simple faith, believing God, you're quiet, you're still. Luke one thirty eight. then Mary said... After the angel had told her something, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Amen. Just simple belief and faith. Now, I want to read to you. This is an interesting story. It's from the book Adventures in God about John G. Lake. How many of you know who John G. Lake was? Great apostle of faith. Miracle worker at the early, um, late 19th century into the early 20th century. Just unbelievable, unbelievable miracles. I want to read this story to you because it goes in line with about being silent. He's having a conversation with Father Seymour in Los Angeles. Now, how many of you know who Father Seymour was? He was a blind black man who used to put a box over his, his head on Azusa Street. That's where the great revival took place. And, and he was a humble man, but he would direct, based, along with the Holy Ghost, the services, and just outstanding miracles. And so here we have John G. Lake telling this story to Father Seymour. He says, I told him about the following incident in the life of Elias Latabwa, one of our native preachers in South Africa. I went to his house one day in the country, and his wife said he's not home. A little baby's hurt, and he's praying for it. So I went over to the native hut. By the way, this is a true story. I went over to the native hut, got down on my knees, crawled inside. I saw Latabwa kneeling in a corner by the child. And I said, Latabwa, it is me. What's the matter with the child? He told me the mother had been carrying it on her back in a blanket as natives carry the children. And it fell out. And he said, I think it hurt its neck. I examined the baby, saw that its neck was broken. It would turn from side to side like the neck of a doll. While Latabwa, the baby's neck's broken. Now listen to this statement from this great apostle of faith. I did not have faith for a broken neck. But poor old Latabwa didn't even know the difference. Now listen. I saw that he did not understand. And here we have John G. Lake exercising good judgment in what he did. 
I saw that he did not understand. He discerned the spirit of doubt in my soul, and I said to myself, I'm not going to interfere with this man's faith. He will just feel the doubt generated by all those old traditional things that I've learned, so I will go outside. In other words, he kept his mouth. I went to another hut and kept on praying. I lay down at 1 a.m. At 3 o'clock, Latabwa came in. I said, well, Latabwa, how about the baby? He looked at me so lovingly and sweetly and said, why, brother, the baby's well. Jesus, do heal the baby. I said, the baby is well. Latabwa, take me to the baby at once. So we went to the baby. Now, this, this is what grabs me. So we went to the baby, and I took that little black thing on my arm and came out of the hut praying, Lord, take every cursed thing out of my soul that keeps me from believing the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, must have worked, because this man went on phenomenal miracles. You wouldn't believe. He'd, he started the healing rooms in Spokane, Washington, where people that were just one step away from the grave and they would go in there and the healing teams would pray for them night and day and they were healed. Well, I've told you this story but this is firsthand. Some of you don't know who Charles Caps was. Some of you old timers will. Great man of faith. We were, they, he was here in Norfolk years ago and we were driving him around and he had his wife with him and he, it's hard for me to get into a vehicle and not just try to talk to people. But I'm respectful, I realize, and I learned early on he didn't want to talk. Total silence all the way from one destination to the next. And I wasn't comfortable. Come to find out his wife was diagnosed, I think, with liver cancer. She was dying. Well, guess who died first? Charles. <laughs> he said this. Talk about faith. He says, I'm going to bed. I'm going home. And he did. That simple. Can you imagine saying, I'm just going home, going to heaven. Went, laid down on the bed, went home. Whew. But here he was silent because when you're in a battle, a spiritual battle, the worst thing you and I can do is just yak, 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 yak. Talk the problem. Talk the symptom. Amen. Okay. To believe big, you've got to be what? Silent. Number two, believing is acting on his word. Now, I don't have to go through and read all these scriptures again. But I do want to define the word believe in the Hebrew. And, and uh, the word believe is a verb. Say believe is a verb. The word believe, this is an interesting fact, occurs about a hundred times in the Gospel of John. The word faith only occurs about two or three times. Two or three times. Faith is a noun. Believing is an action. So if you're going to operate in faith, and you truly believe what God's told you, you're going to take a step up and you're going to act upon what God tells you to do. Some of you, maybe it was this. You need to get involved with that political organization, Patriots United. Oh, Lord, I can't speak. I can't do that. I can't get up in front of people. I can't. 
Well, maybe you can knock on doors and hand out, hand out, you know. Take a step of faith. Whatever God's told you to do. Well, I'm just not called to five-fold ministry. Well, you're blessed. Would you like really like to be called to five-fold ministry? I don't think so. Unless God's called you to five-fold ministry. Because you're gonna you're in for a, a whole different life. Just be faithful in serving and doing what you want to do. Just like Zach, you know, is going to be, you know, went out to uh, be in Ward 4, be the city councilman, you know. That's kind of contrary to you, isn't it? You old rebellious renegade, ex-criminal. Amen? But you did it. And because of his... His faithfulness, God's going to bless him. God's going to bless his family. See, faith is a noun, but believing is a verb. Genesis 12, 4. He said, get out of your country, did he? So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Genesis 22, 3. Take now your son, your only son, did he? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. Luke 5, verse 4, here's a New Testament example. At your word, I will let down the net. Did he let down the net? Yes, and what happened? Caught fish. John 26, verse 6, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. John chapter 2, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim, and he said to them, draw some out now, take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. As a result of them believing and acting, there was a miracle. Folks, we've got to believe big in the days ahead. You've got to think more of yourself than you do. Because if you knew who lived on the inside of you, it would expand your thinking and your belief system. By you and me not stepping out in faith and believing in, and excelling and wanting to do bigger things, we're affecting the harvest. We're hurting other people by not operating in our gifts. But you don't know, Pastor, the trouble I've seen, the problems I've been involved with, and my, my past. Get over your past! I wanted to say, everybody, look at your neighbor and say that, but not quite that loud. Get, look at your neighbor and say, get over your past. Everyone in this room has a dysfunctional background. Everyone. Got no amens on that. Don't kid yourself. There's a lot of dysfunctional people with dysfunctional pasts. But we're born-again believers filled with the Holy Ghost. And everything's been made new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Quit living in the past. Quit living in the old. Let's get, become a new wineskin. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Unless you and I are doers of the word. This would be a good thing to write down. Gave you paper. They, you know, they wanted to do this and... I, I, I kind of fought it because, you know, at the end of the week, sometimes I get it and I'm ready to go, and sometimes the last, I thought, well, whatever. So I gave in. They got the, you got your notes. So write this down. You ready? 
unless you are a doer of the word, you're not a believer of the word. Some of you just went over your head. You just unless you're a doer of the word, you're not a believer of the word. It's a doer of the word that receives things from God. Write this scripture down. You can look it up and, and that will substantiate what I just said. 1 John 3, verse 18 through 22. It's a doer of the word that receives things from God. So maybe if you're not receiving things from God, maybe you're not a doer. Well, I don't know if I'm going to this church. I just didn't feel too encouraged. I'm trying to give you information. If you're not a believer and you're not a doer, then become a believer and become a doer. Look at Romans 4. I'm almost done. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to leave some stuff out. Romans 4. So, what's the first one? I forgot what it was. If you're going to believe, you're going to believe big. Then you got to learn how to be silent. What was the second one? Yeah, believers, a doer, an actor. Amen. Here's the third one: we got to believe God, and not the circumstances. See, either you're going to have Abraham's faith or Thomas's. In Abraham's faith, we see this in, in chapter 4, and without reading all of it, I want you to see this. I'll, I'll kind of start here, and it says in verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the, to, the, to the dead, calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. We've read that to you this morning. And now listen, verse 19. And not being weak in faith. He wasn't weak in faith. Why wasn't Abraham weak in faith? He did not consider his own body. What shape was his body in? How about the wife? Wrinkled and old, nasty. Did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. That's like me. Not, not, you're not nasty. It's like me looking at you and saying, honey, we're going to have a child. Another baby. God's told me we're going to have another baby. A dog, a puppy dog. That's our baby. Okay. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. See, if you're wavering, you're going back and forth, tossed back and forth, you're, you're in unbelief. One minute you believe God, one minute you don't believe God. Next minute you believe God, next minute you don't believe God. That's unbelief, that's wavering. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness weak faith considers the circumstances strong faith does not waver but gives glory to god weak faith considers the circumstances how many have ever had an ache or a pain 
Caleb, we were at Kaylee's grandma's, grandpa's funeral, and we'd left, and they were still sitting at the table, and he got a muscle spasm, and he ended up on the floor. You know, and I had struggled earlier in the week with my back. <coughs> Somebody else had back issues. I don't remember. <coughs> and you're thinking, <coughs> I'm, <coughs> pardon me while I choke. Eight, Caleb's a big hunter, and I thought, nah, he won't go hunting. He's got that back thing. Sure enough, there he is going hunting. I said, well, who's going to help you out and drag that deer out when you get that? You can't do it. <coughs> he didn't say anything. He was silent. <coughs> but we've all been there, folks. Circumstances. No finances in the bank. Looking for a house. Abraham looked for a long time. But he got it. We want it overnight, don't we? I'm looking at my daughter-in-law. We want it overnight. We want it instant. It doesn't always work that way. God's developing some things in us, just like he did in Abraham. Okay. This isn't in your notes. What was Abraham called? What was one of the names Abraham was called? Father of faith, that's one. That's another one. I haven't heard it yet. This is important. Huh? Abram became Abraham, yeah. Why can't we be? Friend of God. That was a song, remember, from the 70s. You didn't get it, did you? He got it. Why can't we be friends? Remember that song? I should remember the group, and I don't. He was called... The friend of God. Now listen. It's easier to believe a friend than a stranger. Isn't it? How many of you got a friend? I've got two. I don't have many, but I'm glad I got the two. But you know what? If a friend promises me something... And I've been friends with him. Look at Dr. Gant, Mike Plain, Greg Fritz, Apostle Mike, all these men and women of God we've known through the years. If they told me they were going to do something, I didn't stew. I didn't get stressed. I didn't get anxious. I didn't doubt. Why? Because I'm in covenant with them. Abraham was in covenant with God. God said, Abraham's my friend. Is God your friend? And if he tells you something, then just believe it. Trust him. Rely on him. He's faithful. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Believing God requires silence, acting on his word, and not believing the circumstances. Now, let me ask you something. We'll close with this, and I'll pray. In what area of your life can you start believing bigger?
I can't answer that for you. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your ministry. Maybe it's your future destiny. But I'm going to tell you something, and I say this sincerely. Some of you need to start believing bigger. Cemeteries are full of people that never believed any bigger. And they died with small thinking, small dreams, small prayers, and little results. I will not die in that way. I want to die knowing I believe big. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. I delivered that word. Now it's up to you, Holy Spirit, to deal with the hearts of your people, to start believing bigger for their own lives, for their family, for their marriages, for their jobs, for their future ministry. Lord, I pray that you stir the hearts, every heart here, as we end this year and start a new year. Let's start out believing bigger. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to each one here this morning, today, and even in the upcoming week, areas of their lives, of my life, that I need to change my belief system, and start thinking bigger. Abraham is the father of faith. And we are the seed of Abraham. So we should believe big like he did. So I thank you, Spirit of grace, this day. And I speak grace over this body of believers. Grace to come up higher. Grace for a greater spiritual hunger. A greater sphere of influence. I thank you, Father. You are a mighty God. And you are big. And you've ordained for your children to think big and to act big and to believe big. And we receive that word today. And everyone said this, I believe... Everything the preacher said, I'm going to believe bigger in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone here you need prayer for your physical body? I don't want to dismiss. Next week, also, um, that's fine. Next week, remember communion. And what we're going to do, is Abe's going to be gone, and so we're going to have... Um, some relevant communion music. We're going to worship and then we're going to receive communion. Then I'm going to give you the next number two. Amen? Amen. What, what are we? What? Oh, okay. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind up any viruses or anything, any symptoms, contrary circumstances to your word, I loose that healing and I command his body be made whole in Jesus' 
Jesus' name. And Micah said, I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, anything else? God bless you if you haven't shot a deer. May you shoot a deer. He said, I like this church. Maybe if you're not a hunter, you won't. (laughs) Have a great week. Thank you.